What is going on? <sighs> Hi, all you Biconics Wrestling nerds out there, and welcome to a very ASMR version of <laughs> our dynamic <laughs> our ddt reviews for nxt this week we're covering nxt from tuesday february 21st 2024 this is your smooth jazz operator el jefe himself mikey and joining me this week essentially now nah, you know what we're getting loud for this one and joining me this <laughs> week his presence has been missed on the nxt review you can check him out here officially now and you know, he did Vengeance Day, and then he's like, hey, guys, I'm going to have a couple of weeks because I don't know <laughs> how I felt about everything. But you can catch him now here on NXT and weekly over on TNA with us. Andrew, I have missed you. Welcome back, friend. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it, I've, I've missed these shows, so I'm excited to be back. I feel really, really bad because you came back to cover NXT on... <laughs> I don't want to say this is the worst episode, but so far in 2024, this has probably been my least favorite. And maybe not for the reasons most people might be thinking. There's a there's a whole plethora of things we're going to talk about. There was some fun stuff I enjoyed, specifically when we talked to a certain uh, character inspired by uh, Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be honest, it's probably like the one thing I was actually really excited for i was like i don't know where this is going but i'm here for it <laughs> yeah i i will say i felt like i was watching like i watched this episode of nxt and i was like i feel like i missed something and then come to find out um i did miss some things you know normally we're not we try not to like drop names here but i'm like a certain green streaming service that starts with h and ends with Lou, y'all need to get it together <laughs> because I'm like, how are you cutting matches out of your feed? It makes no Dude. sense. Yeah, I'm telling that's you, rough. the world got dark when the United States decided not to do the WWE network anymore, and the rest of the world still currently has it. I'm like, how'd you? Anywho, so me and Andrew are here. Will unfortunately could not be here because he's playing a big old game of Clue. No, scratch that. <laughs> he is doing Tech Week and directing a big old game of Clue, the stage play. But he will be back next week because, uh, you know, he'll be back full time. And, uh, you know, we'll be having Andrew come back regularly, too. <laughs> Trust me, once he's good to go, you will be seeing more of him because once we get past Roadblock, it is straight shot to stand and deliver. I got to buy donuts for us. <laughs> it's going it's gonna to be a long weekend. Anyways, yeah, yeah. you know, we, we do have to get to a roadblock of an episode this week. <laughs> Before we dive into everything bit by bit, this was rough for me to get through. I was just like short matches, a lot of talking heads. And I don't even think they know like what they what matches they wanted to have for Roblox because we only have three so far. And I'm just yeah, like, this, it was all over the place. <laughs> this was the speed bump before Roadblock. This was, it was so weird. It, I, I almost felt like there was no wrestling on this wrestling episode. <laughs> it gave me flashbacks of like three, four years ago when it was like wrestling iceberg at the tip top of the iceberg <laughs> is the wrestling and underneath it is just the 80 percent of the backstage segments yeah and you know promos i'm like how do you 
How do you have a three hour show on Mondays where 20 minutes is wrestling and the rest of it is talking heads? Yeah. NXT is only two weeks and that's exactly how I felt here. I was lied to. I was cheated. You lied to me, NXT. You were supposed to be the go home show. And you failed your mission. (laughs) I still love you, NXT, though, but this was not it this week. I mean, let's just jump into it. So we kicked off NXT this week. Ilya Dragunov comes down to the ring to start the show and basically cuts a promo against Carmelo. He calls Carmelo a rat. (laughs) He basically berates him and basically tells him he needs to come down here right now. And then Carmelo comes out with the security squad and basically tells him until you get a contract in your hand that's signing an NXT championship match for Roadblock, I ain't coming down there. You have until the end of the night to get it together. So I'm just sitting here. I was like, these contract signings never go the way that they're supposed to. So something's about to go down. <laughs> yeah, no, contract signings always go the same way. Like, they're probably my least favorite segment for any company to do because it's like, it's like clockwork. They're going to fight. Someone's going through the table that the contract is getting signed on. Um, and you know yeah it wasn't any different but i mean at least they did throw a little spice in there but i will say with this part of the promo it's funny because what we had leading up to this i like dragon off and all of that stuff but i'm actually super interested in villain mellow like i kind of i really like him as a villain and i think He's doing a good job, and he's got oh, so much heat. Like I love it. That promo he could la- mm-hmm. the in ring promo from two weeks ago, and then the taped one he did yeah. last week in the barbershop. I was just like, "This is the best mic work yeah. that Mello has done in NXT since getting here." And I'm super excited for the inevitable Trick Williams betraying him and coming in to get his lick back, which we know. I swear, yeah. if they don't do it at Stand and Deliver, I'm going to look at NXT. I was just like, Shawn Michaels, are we okay? Like, what's happening? <laughs> I was like, we cannot afford another Rock Cody situation. Oh, God. Listen. Let's not even the, go the down Sma- that the one. Smackdown, the SmackDown boys and the Raw boys already covered it, so we're not going to rehash that. <laughs> so, from here, you know, I might just you know, recap these backstage segments really quickly because it leads into a bunch of stuff that happens later. So backstage, we have Ava, our general manager. And then, you know, Gigi comes, Gigi Dolan comes out. Hi, Gigi. Love you. (laughs) She comes out and she talks to Ava saying, you know, she wants to see what everyone's looking to see how they're going to punch their ticket to stand and deliver and what's in the cards for them, which honestly, I'm happy to see these characters on screen be like, so we know stand and deliver is coming. So how am I going to get on the card? Where are we going to be? Mm-hmm. Which then allows Jada Parker to come in, get in Gigi's face. And Gigi tells her the line's back here. And Jada's like, I'm not behind nobody. I'm in front. And they argue a little bit, which sets the precedence because they're going to fight each other later this evening. I love that's how it all it takes to get a match <laughs> in NXT. It's just like, oh, you're talking smack. Well, we're going to fight in the ring later and then proceed to fight later in the show. I mean, I'm just going to bring this up now because I was going to wait until we got to Lyra's thing, but I'm very outside of Mello and Trick and what is essentially is probably going to be Tony D'Angelo and Ilya at Stand to Deliver. 
I really don't know. Possibly the Good Brothers and the Wolf Dogs for the tag. I my biggest worry is I'm hoping and we'll talk about it when we get to Lyra's segment later. I'm really worried because the one championship that I don't see a clear picture for to see like a few building to stand and deliver is for Lyra and that NXT Women's Championship. But we can save that conversation when we get there. Yeah. Like we're talking off camera. So we can finally get our first match of the night. Kalani Jordan versus Kiana James. This came about because at Vengeance Day, if we all remember, Kiana James and Izzy Dane were looking to knock off some of the women at the top of the list of like the top of the division so Kiana and Izzy can get to a championship match. And at the top of this list, for some reason, was uh, Kalani Jordan. The last week, they attempted to take her out. They failed to do so, so somehow Kiana got a match with Kalani. Okay. I'm going to say this for every single match that we're going to talk about tonight. It started to go somewhere, and then it just ended, and I was just like... You didn't give me a chance to invest in it. And I actually wanted more time with this because outside of the shenanigans that would happen later with Dijak's match this is probably my match of the night, which isn't saying much because the bar is set down here because of how short everything was. Yeah, this uh, unfortunately was one of the matches that uh, uh, my uh, source for watching NXT decided to leave off the uh, the actual finished product, so unfortunately, I didn't get to see this match. But uh, yeah, no, I agree. This this whole night was a lot of matches that felt like things got left off. As far as the match goes itself, again, both of these two have improved so much since being part of NXT, especially Yana. Yana is part of this crop of women that's been there since the rebrand. And she's been improving so much. Kalani has become one of our favorites here at the DDT reviews because we love athletic girls. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, I just there's something about her personality I really like. And just the way that she wrestles, too. I'm just like, it's refreshing, to say the least, because I love the black and gold era. But the majority of the women we got there were all the big powerhouses. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I need to see a gymnast, and so that's why I'm starting to gravitate towards Kalani, even Tiffany Stratton, too, with the gymnast backgrounds as well. This match was great. Kiana does pick up the win here because as the ref was distracted, Izzy kind of assisted by like pulling Kalani off the apron and rolling her in for the win for Kiana to get. This was the best match, and that's really sad to say. Thing. so we move on from here so there are multiple places here in nxt that are very dangerous the backstage area is dangerous because fights always break out the most dangerous place in nxt is the parking lot because people get jumped kidnapped and then i believe there was attempted murder one time too so it was intense but the other place we're adding to the most dangerous place in nxt is the women's locker room why is the d- women's locker room the most dangerous play? Well, especially because if you have a mad Roxanne Perez, you're going to get punched in the face. That's exactly what happened. Roxanne is backstage and she's fuming because people keep getting women's title shots and, and not her because she didn't get pinned at Vengeance Day. And so Shotzi got a title match. Kiana's looking to get a title match soon. And then Roxanne is not happy. 
So as she's fuming, the other I love watching the other girls in the background. They're just staring at her. They're like, I don't want nothing to do with this. We're good. We're not trying to get hit. Except for Jakara Jackson. Jakara comes in. She talks about how Lash Legend was able to hold her own last week against Lyra. Roxanne did not have any of it. Jakara literally talked ish and then she got hit because Roxanne punched her in the face, which again sets up a match later. You either need that. It's so easy to get matches made here yeah. in NXT, which I find funny. You would think all the people that want these title shots would just go attack the champion. Remember when those were the good old days when you would attack champions to get title matches. Yeah. What happened to those? They don't ha- that doesn't even happen anymore across any promotion that I watch. Like Roxanne wants to get a title shot and she's going after all these people and getting matches with them by fighting them in the locker room. And other people are getting matches where they're starting stuff with the champions. Like, go go after Lyra again. Get that title shot back, because apparently that's all you got to do is just attack somebody backstage. We'll talk about that match later between the two, because I didn't think it was actually half bad. We had our only tag team match this evening, the Good Brothers back in NXT, so Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson which I'm happy to see them actually in the ring because SmackDown doesn't know what to do with them since they have AJ being the solo star right now doing his lone wolf gimmick over on SmackDown, (laughs) which has left the Good Brothers with nothing because at least Mia has been doing stuff. That was the whole thing. I was like, why did we put this? Okay, whatever. Anyway, story of the Good Brothers. I was just like, maybe y'all should have stayed in New Japan. But anyways, (laughs) seriously. Well, who knows? Because there's a uh, breaking news. I would be very interested if they get paired up with some old friends, a.k.a. Tomatonga, since he's heading to WWE really soon. He's going to the bloodline. Come on. But he's just going to uh, get absorbed like everything, all the other. I heard, I remember when people wanted Naomi to be a part of the bloodline, and I'm like, right. absolutely not. <laughs> Anyways. So the Good Brothers take on Idris Anofa and Malik Blade. Again, I thought this match had the potential to be awesome. Except this was only given like six, seven minutes and that was it. I'm just like. What am I here doing? What am I doing today? <laughs> so again, this is another thing and I got to start watching it in a different source, but I really hate how much so when i watched this we didn't i didn't even see the intro for this match i it came back from a commercial break or an ad break technically and it was just the top of the match um it was kind of cool to see the good brothers there um and though i do feel like and i've seen this for a few years now is i have concerns about luke gallows knees uh, and just his physical capability because he's such a big dude. Um, but he was the only one really active in this match for the good, or he was not active at all in this match. Carl Anderson was the only one really active in this match. Gallows hit some big spots like uh, throwing, uh, I think it was Blade, into uh, the stairs on the outside. He did something else, and then he came in for the magic killer. Um, so it kind of has me worried of like how much is he actually able to do right now? And is that why they had that kind of match, which is why I think it was so short. Um, 
I did think it was funny that at one point Booker T, which it it's so weird for me, is off with Booker T on commentary because he says so many contradictory things. But he was talking about uh, how Anofe and Blade needed to stop doing uh, fancy moves. Um, this from the dude who would hit spinneroonies in the middle of the ring. Like, I mean, come on, dude. Like, it was just so ridiculous. I was like, what are you talking right. about? Your entire career was based on that kind of stuff. Like, but, yeah. um, shout out to Booker T finally being back on commentary because oh, he's yeah. been gone for the last couple of weeks. I mean, good, good on him for being healthy and everything like that. But yeah, there's, and I know it's because he's the heel commentator. Like he's the one that's going to like be making excuses for the guys that are not necessarily following the rules as much. And then trying to like talk down to some of the more clean uh, performers. But yeah, it was something that I was like, really, really, that that's what you're going to try and get to them on. Um but all in all, I mean, what I got to see, like, Anofa and Blade are awesome. I really like them as a tag team. I hope we get to see more of them. Um, unfortunately, what I've seen of them is they've basically been a feeder tag team. Um, I, I'd like to see Which them. It's really actually. weird because they're, like, really the only tag team outside of maybe Nathan and Axiom at this point yeah. that actually work together as a team. Yeah. yeah. And it's so funny because I, they're the yeah. two tag teams that don't have a name or, <laughs> or dress the same or anything. They're actually really good. And we were talking a little bit about this off camera before we started, but I'm hoping that with the Good Brothers being in NXT, that they'll run the current NXT teams through the paces and then get them working different styles that they haven't been used to when it comes to the NXT tag division. Because minus some pending knees on a certain someone, the Good Brothers have been a tag team for Mm -hmm. longer than I've been alive, I want to (laughs) say. Yeah. That's saying something because I'm 30 years old at this point. <laughs> oh my yeah, it, goodness, they've been together uh, for a long time. Yeah, I mean they're they've they've got some. I mean, you know, they're up there with experience with teams like FTR and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, they definitely bring a lot of experience and could do some great stuff for some of the other tag teams in NXT. So Good Brothers pick up the victory here. And then this prompts our typical, like all the other tag teams in the division come out because they want the chance at the tag team titles, except this was a weird one because chase U comes out and talks. And I was like, I love chase U, but the direct, we have lost the plot since saving the university. I'm like, what's, mm-hmm. what are we doing now with this? This is interesting, which then allows Nathan Frazier and Axiom to come out, which I'm still sitting here. I'm like, like a month ago, they technically won a number one contendership and they still have yet to have their tag team match championship match. Like what happened? <laughs> and then surprisingly, like the most shocking thing to me is we get a random like appearance from LWO. I was like, I thought y'all went back to SmackDown. Look, I'm just like, stop trying. To, I was like, either keep LWO on SmackDown or bring them back NXT for full time because. We also lost the plot on SmackDown of what we're doing with LWO. It's been a weird ride. Check out the SmackDown reviews if you want to hear me and Crosswaith and Minnie talk about the weird world that SmackDown has been. But the funny thing is, is these three tag teams literally push the, you know, the Good Brothers out of the ring and the Wolf Dogs, as we have called them, a Bronze Breaker and Baron Corbin. <laughs> I'm still calling him Bronze Breaker because it's getting worse as we progressively go on. I'm like, sir, fire your Tanner immediately. <laughs> or if you're doing promo. it yourself, let Cora yeah. Jade put it on you. 
Oh, wait, y'all least, aren't together anymore. Never mind. <laughs> at least in the promo that we got later, he makes a comment about getting more tanner. So I was like, cool, cool. At least he's aware. He's acknowledging it. Yes. I feel like he's watching our stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so the wolf dogs are watching from the perch, as they call it in NXT. So I'm just like, all right, Chase is going to get feet. Is going to get fed to the wolf dogs next week at mm-hmm. Roblox. So. I'm assuming we're getting the Good Brothers at Stand and Deliver because that's the more established tag team. Yeah, which I'm, which is going to be very interesting to see if we take the titles off them since Braun is officially signed to SmackDown now, which is also weird. Th- we couldn't have, you know what? We're going to be here all night if we talk about this. That's going to be a whole different episode where we talk about it because it makes no sense to still have an NXT star who's the champion signed into main roster, but then still have them do NXT stuff. As neither here nor there. Yeah. From here, we get to our next match. Roxanne Perez versus Jakara Jackson. Again, this had the potential to go somewhere, but it was over in like four minutes. <laughs> and Roxanne obviously picks up the victory here. What I do love, like we, me and Will talked about last week, she's no longer just using the Pop Rocks as her finisher. She is now submitting people because she's getting more vicious. It's hard for me to hate Roxanne, and I never understood how people boo are booing her and turned on her when she was still a face. I'm like, that made no sense to me, and I still don't understand it to this day. Also, this is a random question, but I'm like, is Blair hurt? Like, what happened to Blair Davenport? Like, we haven't seen her in a couple of weeks. Like, what's going on with her? Uh, I do like what they've done with Roxanne. Like, I, I think the bit of storytelling that we've gotten to see since she's come back, they have definitely built up this idea of her not being able to win the title but not losing it like it continues to happen so i am i'm interested to see where they go with that but let's see if like they actually develop that well (sighs) we shall see what happens with this if it sounds like we're not recovering the matches as in death as we normally do (laughs) it's because we weren't given the opportunity internet Iconics wrestling fans, I need you to write a strongly worded message to Shawn Michaels and ask him, it's like, give us seven to eight minutes. That is the bare minimum that I'm asking. Yeah. Because all these matches were so short. I can't go into detail about them. We can't go into detail about them because you didn't give us a lot of time for this. Okay. I love that Andrew's back, but I need to get Will's opinions on this when he comes back next week because... This segment with JC and Thea and Jasmine and Kiana James took a weird left turn in character development so quickly that I was not prepared for it. So the JC, Thea and Jasmine are backstage. They're talking about, you know, this whole saga that's going on with Thea and Riley Osborne. And so JC and Jasmine are just like, oh, he came crawling back. Tell us what he said. It's like, well, no. I talked to Riley. Riley didn't like the fact that when I'm with him, I'm one person. And when I'm with you guys, I'm another person. It's like two different Theas. So he said it, we would be better if we were just stayed friends. Look, as stupid as the storyline was, being Will loved it so much because it's camp. And I was like, oh, poor Thea. It's like, she can't catch a break. And then JC, with no warning, just goes straight to the jugular. Because then she's just like, because Thea's thinking about maybe I should go back to my old self. And then JC just goes for the jugular with no warning because she called old Thea a loser. And so then she and Jasmine are laughing it up. Kiana comes in. 
Kiana compliments JC on the calendars, and then Jasmine, JC, and Kiana all leave, leaving poor little Thea by herself. With Thea repeating the comment, loser, really? I was like, I just sat there with my mouth wide open. I was like, holy crap. <laughs> that was an emotional character whiplash. There was no warning, no nothing. We just turned. It's not even a subtle turn. We did a hard turn. I was like, what happened? Where did we get? Why did we get here? What is happening? Why are we doing this so quickly? I. I feel like, I mean, and I know I'm the outlier of our group here reviewing NXT, but Chase U for me is like NXT saved by the bell. Like, it's <laughs> like, that's what I feel like whenever I'm watching their storylines. And it's just, I, I'm waiting for them to have some, like, you know, don't do drugs kids special or like something about Bia like, comes in and stuff. starts singing. I'm so excited. <laughs> I, I, it's just yeah. it's so bad. I was just like, we have lost the plot since, you know, Chase University was the, being threatened to be closed. Like, since we got out of that arc, we are literally in anime terms. We are in a filler arc right now, and I don't like yeah. it. <laughs> it's so weird. But yeah, with JC's like official heel turn, I guess I'm like, I'm sitting here. I was like, we did that really quickly. There was no progression. There was no hinting. She literally went for the jugular. She, she stabbed, gutted, like buried the body. She did everything within the span of like 30 seconds with that line. I'm like, I need a shower after that. That was <laughs> that was vicious for no reason, Andrew. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Poor Thea. I was like. I was like, are we setting something up for JC and Thea at Stand and Deliver or some point? Probably. We'll see where this goes. So now we get to the aforementioned. So the Wolf Dogs, Baron Corbin and Bronze Breaker are backstage. They are so <laughs> stupid together. They are so stupid. It's but, so good. Though. But it's so good, though. <laughs> Me and Will were talking about last week that we need them to make a tag team shirt with those two, but do it like in the... I explained it to Will in terms of this was like, for those of you that have Latino parents or Latino grandmas, like th those of us who are brown, right? Every time <laughs> we went over to Abuelita's house, she had the big old comforters with like the gaudy like wolf, like animal like blankets. I was like, we just need a wolf dog's t-shirt like that in that style and I will buy it and wear it proudly. If it looks so bad. But the wolf dogs are talking and I love that bronze breaker acknowledges of how bad his tan is here because He's like, maybe I should paint myself. And Bar Baron's like, no, you should not. I was just like. <laughs> when he wants to, he was like, Baron Corbin's wearing just a plain leather jacket. And he's like, there doesn't even have any airbrush on it. He's like, dude, what the hell, man? It's so good. <laughs> Which then prompts the Good Brothers to come out. And basically, they exchange words. And I'm like, okay, this is our stand and deliver match right here. Like, there's no. Yep. Th I will be shocked if Chase you dethrones the wolf dogs this early i'm like there's no way i still think that nathan and axiom should have won that match but if we're gonna save them for later that's fine with me yeah i mean we don't get confirmation but i'm you're just sitting on my television screen i'm like this is the stand and deliver match if we don't get these at stand and deliver mm -hmm. i will be shocked <laughs> and you know i hate because of other promotions that we watch i hate when they do this with uh one promotions champions and have them go off other places. 
but I'm I'm willing to ignore that and have Bronze Breaker go and f- be on SmackDown if they keep the Wolf Dogs together. Like let him appear on both because I I want more of this tag team. Hell, I don't care if the Wolf Dogs make appearances on SmackDown together. Like, but they're just so entertaining. At this point, they- I, it would be a crime if they don't keep them together yeah. for a bit. Yeah. I'm like, don't do this to me. So, the match itself of what we're going to talk about, again, didn't do anything for me. It's everything that happened afterwards that I was excited <laughs> for. Just how bat, whack, insane everything is. Try not to curse. Caught myself. <laughs> <laughs> how but guano insane this was. It was guano insane, kids. <laughs> yeah. We got Dijak versus the lawyer of NXT, Luca Crucifino. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm here for the commitment of the suit being the ring yeah. gear. It is hilarious. I love it. This is the this was a, essentially a squatch match. Like Dijak is throwing Crucifino the whole entire ring. I'm gonna let Andrew talk because I personally <laughs> think Dijak is okay, but I'm gonna put Andrew on the spot and he's gonna explain why Dijak is trash. No, I'm just kidding. But I oh. tend to agree with him because this is not the same. I, this version of Di- I don't like this version of what we're getting because it's the same thing every week. I. It's funny because I'm I'm less bothered by some of his segments um, than his performances in the ring, and and I've talked about this before enough of that. But with this match specifically, it was funny because what this match did for me was made me more interested in Luca Crucifino <laughs> than Dijak. Um, I had no real like idea of who Luca was. Um, and so when I got to see him in this, um, you know, I was like, Oh wow, this guy's actually pretty good, especially the fact that he got some stuff in against Dijak, who was obviously going to come out of this, the victor because of just how they're pushing him and have been pushing him. Um, this match was what it was. Uh, I did again, commentary said the unknown of Crucifino is somehow surprising Dijak. And I was like, yeah, that's what unknown things do. They surprise you. That's literally what it is. <laughs> so I will give it was just- commentary. I will give you a list of SAT words to use. Come on. We got to use different adjectives and verbs here. You guys like, I'm like, I know it not was- everyone can be Maro, Maro Ronaldo, but come on, you guys. Yeah, it was just some interesting commentary, but yeah, you know, it was what it was. I was interested to see with Luca Crucifino what he does from after this, but I also didn't, it didn't give me any points towards Dijak. No. And speaking of Crucifino, I honestly think because we do, I will put this up here now and then we'll get back to what happened after the match because the Tony D'Angelo and Stax mm-hmm. are watching mm-hmm. this and it seems they're going to recruit Luca into the family. Yeah. I was like, yes, we need another person in this yeah. little faction to turn it from three to four, which I would love for the family to expand. And I liked that because I liked that promo was really quick, succinct. They didn't spell like they didn't say it outright, but even me with a limited knowledge of NXT background, I was like, okay, I get an idea of exactly what's going to happen. And that was great. I like that. Yep. And personally, cause I'm biased. Me and will love Joe Gacy just because of how bat insane he is. <laughs> but yeah. after the match, he comes out escaping the straight jacket. I have to get your take because me and will thought the best segment from last week was the silence of the lambs parody. We watched, <laughs> I was just like, 
shout out to everybody who made that thing a possibility. The cameraman, the lighting, like that is student project, and I would give it an A. <laughs> I was like, that is so good. I love it. I, you know, uh, Gacy got the same kind of treatment as Crucifino for me. Was it seems like everyone that they put in the ring against Dijek makes me more interested in them. <laughs> and so it's like, it's like, even though he's winning, he's putting these other people over for me. So, uh, yeah, no, I love seeing Joe Gacy and what he does. Like we, I talked about it, um, when he had his match against Dijek, his comedic insanity, along with just that, like crazy kind of hardcore style, but he also has really good wrestling skills. I'm super impressed. I really like Joe Gacy. I, I want to see more from him and I'd like to see him pass this feud with Dijek. I mean, we can talk about it here because we do get an announcement as one of the matches next week for Roadblock. It's Dijak and Gacy round two in an asylum match question mark. <laughs> I was like, as soon as I saw asylum match, I got flash I got war flashbacks from when we tried that with Dean Ambrose and it did not work. I was just mm. like, oh no. Yeah. I was like, if we're gonna do an asylum match, you need to copy Raven's House of like clockwork uh, orange match like that's a, a one that i'll be okay with but i get flashbacks of jericho and ambrose i'm like no <laughs> yeah it'll be interesting to see what they do because i feel like nxt is not willing to go they're not willing to go as far as other places might so uh, i feel like they're always going to have a bit of a hindrance on them um but you know uh, I, I hope that they're willing to go there because i feel like Joe Gacy would like if they were like, we're going to have you do this crazy spot. He'd be down for it. Oh, for sure. Listen, if they pull out a whole bag of D fours and someone gets slammed into it, it actually will say best match 2024. Cause if anyone knows all you nerd tabletop nerds out there, stepping on a D four is the equivalent of stepping on a Lego. It's like you make oh, yeah. question all your life decisions after stepping on yeah. one. It's not fun. Uh, I will say this match, there was one thing that bugged me at the end was Crucifino hit Dijak with, with a crowbar. <laughs> but all it did was knock him over the top rope and then he kept on fighting Gacy. And I was like, dude, you hit him with a crowbar? Like that. That normally knocks alive, out a normal person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't kill him, he's at least unconscious. <laughs> like, I was just like, now, uh, uh, yeah, that was another thing I wrote in my notes. I was just like, you know, I'm suspending my disbelief watching two grown people, like two grown men fight, but. Yeah. yeah. Well, you didn't need the crowbar. Get it out of here. Just hit him from behind. Unless it's going to pay off. Or chop some block way. him or something. Like, I wouldn't yeah. believe that. I was like, whatever. Anyways, moving on from this. Quickly, we get a backstage segment with the other half of Metaphor, Noam Dar and Oromensa talking about how Noam's going to, you know, is he worried about who he's facing in the NXT Heritage Cup Championship? He's like, uh, no, it doesn't matter who I fight, whether it's Drew Gulak or Charlie from the Chocolate Factory, which I, I got a <laughs> chuckle out of. I was like, no, I'm Dar, you are so unhinged. I love you so much. <laughs> so ridiculous. And we'll talk about no, I'm Dar, because the one thing me and Will has said is as much as we love metaphor, the constant holding of this championship, I feel like has done a disservice to that group, especially Noam, because I was like, Every time you face someone, you always end up winning. And I'm not saying you shouldn't win to keep that championship, but damn, man. I'm like, we got to yeah. get somebody else. Which we'll talk about later. <laughs> Spoiler <Yeah>. alert. <laughs> I feel like they'd be a good fresh uh, 
injection into the tag team division, especially because when we had that, all the tag teams came out, there was like four. So, like, it'd be nice to see some other tag teams go up and challenge for that. Um, and I so, think, you know. Yeah. Also, yeah. main roster, if you're not going to, if you don't have Caden and Katana doing anything, you can send them to NXT for a bit. Like, for yeah. maybe do a week or two. Like, they're not doing anything. Send them back. <laughs> but, anyways. So these back-to-back in-ring segments all kind of just happen, and I'm gonna I have a big bone to pick with Ruth Holland <laughs> because I was just like, I don't blame you. I blame whoever put these segments yeah. together because that transition was really weird, but we're gonna start with Lyra. So Lyra's in the ring. I'm gonna word this very carefully because I don't want it to be misconstrued. I love Lyra. I really, really do. And, you know, with her and Tatum's like, really weird friendship is something Mm -hmm. I can get behind. But my biggest issue, and it kind of shown through in this little promo, I don't like the direction we're taking her character because we're taking her from being this cool badass that fought Becky Lynch to beat her for the title at, you know, back in October at Halloween Havoc. And now we've turned her into a glorified babysitter nanny character. Oh, you're so sweet. I was like, I hate it, Andrew. I do. I hate it so much. I'm hoping that what we get from this, because there's the obvious way that most of the time they're going to go. These two are going to face each other at some point. I would like to see some kind of inverted version of what we got in another promotion and actually see Lyra get pushed to the point by some other challengers, like maybe Roxanne or something, and actually crossover to Tatum's world like have while she's been trying to control her this whole time instead like be like okay well no now I'm now I'm gonna use you now we're gonna go down that route that we need to go down and make her we all go mad down here too that's what yeah. happened with Alba Pilot yeah. or an Isla Dawn yeah. too <laughs> mm-hmm. so I, I would like to see something like that happen um that's that's where I would like to see him go instead of the like what we expect is going to happen. And I, I agree so that like interruption with Ridge Holland was just. Stupid. We'll get to Ridge in a hot minute, but the important thing to take away from Lyra and Tatum's thing is that oh yeah <laughs> she calls out Tatum and it, to reward Tatum for not interfering with her match against Shotzi or Lash last week. She, mm-hmm. Lyra had Ava makes a call. Some deals were made, and next week on Roadblock, Lyra and Tatum will be facing. I'm not calling them the Kabuki Warriors. Hell to the no. I'm calling them the Black Lotus Triad. Like, I hate... Me and Will went into a whole conversation about how disrespectful it is to call Japanese that tag team the Kabuki Warriors, especially, like, the artistry that is behind Kabuki Theater and things like that is so bad. It's so bad. We hate the name for it. So I'm calling them the Black Lotus Triad. So the Black Lotus Triad, which is Asuka, Kyrie Sane, and Io, but mostly Asuka and Kyrie will be coming down to NXT to defend the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships against Lyra and Tatum. Do I think our team of Lyra and Tatum Tot are going to win? No. Am I hoping it's going to be a kick-ass match? Absolutely. And especially Will's excited because he's become a big fan of Asuka since last time she was in NXT a couple months ago. I'm like, yo... If you don't become a fan of Asuka, you need to leave. Like there, there's nothing you can say to for there's nothing that Asuka can do in my eyes that's 
inherently wrong. Like she is that good. And Oscar's done a lot in NXT, WWE, all that stuff. But I think she is probably one of the most underutilized performers with what she's capable of doing. Um, like she should have had so much more than she was given. Um, but it always felt like she got pushed behind for the big four. Um, and yeah, she's incredible. She is. And when she is feeling better and she's healed up for injury, I'm still waiting for my Asuka Mako Satomura match. Like, Oh my God. I just want the, I just want the mothers of Japan wrestling to fight. (laughs) (laughs) I'm jealous that Roxanne got to fight Mako when she did before Mako got hurt. I was just like, Mako will kick your head off. (laughs) So good. Anywho. So we are getting that match next week. I'm excited for it. I'm really hoping that NXT doesn't mess around. You have such star power with especially Asuka and Kyrie. Lyra and Tatum are also your current stars in NXT too. So I'm hoping this match gets time next week, which then all of a sudden Rich Holland pulls a Kanye West. Like I'm gonna let you finish moment, but like Beyonce had one of the best albums of all times. I just sat here. I'm like, Rich, I don't blame you. I blame whoever booked this transition because this was trash. I was like, and it got me so mad. I'm like, how you go? Mm -hmm." I was like, this is shades of like 2013, 2016 WWE where the men would run over the women's segments. I was like, that's not a good thing. And at least the crowd was behind me in that one because they were booing this man out the building. It's like, boo, you Rich Holland, boo. Like, and anyway, you slice it, it shouldn't have happened just for the simple fact that it was literally one of your world champions in there. But yeah, to have this dude come out and just be like, sorry, ladies, I have more important things to talk about. So you can just go go backstage now was just like, what are, what are you doing? I mean, uh, yeah, Lyra, it didn't make leave. the ending feel better. <laughs> Rich didn't even have anything important to say because no. what this all it served his purpose was to set up for what happened. The lights go out. We get all the recap of all these cryptic messages at the beginning of last week. And then Rich Holland gets smacked with a chair. And who is it? They don't say it's Ty Dillinger. No, the chairman, Sean Spears, is back in NXT. And I was just like, oh, you crazy lad. I am super, I am super excited. I'm kind of confused, but I'm also really excited again because I was just like, yeah, wait a minute. You decided to come back here of all places. Not that that's anything bad. But then I'm like, and then I'm thinking, I was like, no. You versus Ilya is what I want to see like down the line. I'm going like, okay, I take everything I said back. And what I'm also hoping for is, is that if things work out and, you know, a certain Australian duo would want to come back to NXT, mm. give me my Iconics. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. they're mothers, so I want them to be happy. But, hey, I'm just saying, if you quote, listen, ladies, if you want to come back, like, I'm not going to be opposed to it. Like, the women's tag team division needs you really badly right now. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't think they need the women's tag team division right now. So uh, actually, go back to <laughs> TNA because, like, you are on and popping as the inspiration back there. I'm just saying. yeah. But the chairman is now in NXT. He, I was just like, good for you because AEW squandered. You. I'm sorry, AEW squandered this man, and I was so upset. Yeah. They had no, no, uh, no 
guidance for where they were going to do with him. So yeah, I'm excited to see what he does here because he was, I enjoyed him in his run in TNA to begin with. So I'm interested to see where Sean Spears goes in TNA. Or yeah. sorry, NXT. Yeah, I'm excited to see. And honestly, I'm kind of looking forward to this match whenever we get it between him and Rich because Rich mm-hmm. has been kind of lost in the shuffle a little bit. I have enjoyed his matches that he's had with the Gallus boys, but that's kind of ran its course at this point. Mm-hmm. So then we get everyone's favorite champion, Obafemi. <laughs> <laughs> Look, his character needs a little bit of work, but I cannot deny his physical prowess. We saw him when he was throwing Dragon Lee up and down the ring at Vengeance Day. Like, whoo, child, that was intense. But he's backstage, and then our lovable cowboy, Brooks Jensen, comes out all of a sudden after getting his butt handed to him from his former partner, Josh Briggs. And Brooks is like, I'm going to fight you for this title. And Oba Femi's like, bet. And then I was like, oh, you poor, sweet little boy. <laughs> you poor little Jerry Curl mustache boy. You are about to get trounced. I was like, we will start. We will start the funeral pyre immediately for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, here lies Brooks Jensen, not the sharpest tool in the shed. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't know who's going to dethrone Obafemi, but... Uh, I'm I still holding it, on to the fact when he's back, Wesley is the only person that I can think of will, that will dethrone him because this was supposed to be Wes's spot, but then mm-hmm. he has to he had to go get surgery and he's going to be out for the rest of this year, which made me really, really sad because I like Wes. <laughs> and I'm okay with Oba holding that title for that time, so... Yeah, there's like no... There's nobody who's really going to take it from him. It has to be another big person if they're going to take the title off him, but we don't really have any big people in NXT, which I'm actually kind of okay with. I'm glad there's not a lot of big people because that's my mm-hmm. biggest problem with main rosters. There's too many big people on the roster. So we quickly come back. Poor Our poor little backstage commentator, is tr- our backstage interviewer, she's trying to get word with Carmelo, but she has <laughs> to fight through the sea of like tall security guards basically Carmelo Hayes at this point reiterates I'm not coming out until we get a contract signed I was like okay that was a waste of like two minutes I'm never gonna get back I'm like oh to say the same thing but okay sure now we gotta talk about this match you know I've done my very best and you know the legacy that Brian Pillman Jr. and his name brings to the world of wrestling. <laughs> you know, I've tried. I was on board with his initial presentation, how he wants to be out of his dad's shadow. And I thought we were going somewhere with this. And you know, I was okay with the slimy dirtbag character he was presenting himself. But whoever is lining up his beard needs to be fired immediately because that is trash, just like this match was trash. I know anytime Von Wagner is wrestling is not necessarily going to be the 10 out of 10 match that everybody wants. But oh my goodness, Andrew, this was not good. And the setup for this match was stupid because Mr. Stone got involved last week, but he didn't really. But it was like, okay, now Von and Lexus King are going to fight. Cool. I don't even we lost the plot on this one, too. And Will's not here because I'd rather talk about the underlying Will and Grace, you know, t- tension between these two more than anything. But I'm just like, 
This was not good. I did not like this match. Von Wagner wins, but then Lexus gets a lick back by beating down Von of all people. I'm like, he's a good three feet taller than you. How did that happen? He found that crowbar that was uh, hidden. <laughs> I hated this match, Andrew, and I try to give matches the benefit of the doubt, but I hated this match so badly. Yeah, I don't I don't know where they're going with Lexus King because you talk about rudderless storylines like I don't, what is going on with him. And I'm trying really bad. I want Lexus to be involved in something. I thought we were going to get something when he got inserted into the trick and mellow storyline, but then it went nowhere. Because well, we had and- that match at um Deadline and it didn't go nowhere. Well, and then he challenged Dragon Lee, which was really basically just to set up Obafemi cashing in to face Dragon Lee after that match. So it was like... And then he got inserted into the NXT Men's Breakout Tournament after... Oh, Will went on a tirade with that one after he attacked the only other Native American wrestler in that tournament. And I was just like, if this is co- if this is colonization in 2024, I don't know what it is at this point. Uh, we had a field day with that one, Andrew, but Will was pressed more than a panini. It was intense. <laughs> <laughs> but oh my goodness. Yeah, this this match was not good. I need to scrub it from my memory. It was bad. I will say though, the pick me up did happen afterwards because then we go back with Lyra. And Tater Tot, as we Tatum Tot, as we have called her on this program. And they're talking about how they need to be ready for Asuka and Kyrie, even though nobody really is ready for Asuka. And I'm like, damn right, they're not. Unless you're Charlotte Flair yeah. and you are the reason she no longer has an undefeated streak. I'm not bitter. I'm still bitter about that. <laughs> I was just like, you had you had Asuka yeah. lose her streak in her first WrestleMania, se- yeah. and she was the first winner of the women's Royal Rumble. And you had her streak lose. Anyways. Which so these two are talking how they need to be ready for Asuka and Kyrie, which then allows Jada Parker to come in. Look, I love Jada Parker. She has shot up the ranks for me. I was just like, I love this intensity, which I feel like a Mm -hmm. lot of the women in NXT right now are missing with their characters. That's Mm -hmm. why I'm saying I miss Blair Davenport. I don't know if she's injured or not, but I need Jada and Blair to go at blows because the intensity intense but jade is no nonsense she's just like all right we're gonna fight or what because i'm not here to do all this talking and then probably one of my other favorite characters to shoot up in the ranks miss ariana grace herself santino's daughter may i add which i was like when me and will were talking about this and i mentioned it that he's like okay now i can see what where she gets her comedic (laughs) shots from i'm like oh totally I'm like, this is literally Santino when he when that was a character yeah. when he Santino did that all those years ago. Yeah. Because her comedic chops, I'm like, you can't just learn that on the fly. I was like, your dad taught you well. Good job. But Ariana Grace is like, ladies, we need to stop fighting. We're all champions in our, our hearts. And Jada Parker's is like, no, girl, I'm gonna go beat some butt and then I'm gonna come get you later. Jada Parker's like, we ain't doing this participation trophy nonsense. It's about and I love that Lyra even said, is just like, Ariana, I don't know what your world you're living in, but this is the NXT women's locker room. That's all we do here yeah. is fight. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, they fight just in like, the Okay, that room. was funny. 
the women have been the most entertaining prior this whole entire night, which is the craziest thing, which I'm happy to see. But I want more time for their matches. I don't know what kind of felonies Joe Gacy like ha got handled here for this next part, but somebody is recording a conversation between Dijak and Ava and it turns out to be Joe Gacy and Joe Gacy total deadpan is just like Dijak's Dijak says he's done with me, but I'm not done with him. And then a brawl breaks out and I just laugh because Ava's like, you can't keep doing this. <laughs> Poor Ava, man. This is like, this is like barely a month into her residency as general manager and just all the stuff she has and where is William Regal we got him for that one spot and then we've never seen him again I was like you're back in WWE fine I guess I it's funny because I, I in my mind I totally can picture Joe Gacy like dressed up like just throwing some black clothes and like stole a camera and it was like walking up and they were just like oh yeah here's one of the camera guys gonna film our segment and then he's just like psych and attacks him bam um yeah it was the just camera it, falls and everything yeah 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 <laughs> uh yeah no it was entertaining uh, i like i said gacy's just he's uh, i really enjoy what he's doing uh so i'm down to see more of that right so we're heading into the final stretch here so first we get Gigi dolan versus jada parker Gigi has the upper hand, but Ariana Grace gets on the apron to kind of try to help Gigi, but inadvertently costs her the match. So it looks like Ariana Gigi. Listen, I would not want to be the person to get on the wrong side of Gigi Dolan because girl will hurt me. I'm like, Gigi just stared. The way that Gigi just stared at Ariana is like, oh, girl, you in trouble. <laughs> like, she's going to kill you later. <laughs> See, I had an issue with this because. I really enjoyed the match between Gigi and Jada. Like mm -hmm. I thought it was a really good hard hitting match between the two of them. And I feel like it didn't, we didn't need that interruption. It felt like it took away from the match. And for me, it also felt like it took away from Jada's victory. Um, I totally agree with you. I was going to say, so, it's like, where are we going with this? Like, are we one, yeah. uh, one in depth? Fine. I guess I was like, Ariana, I love you, but you didn't need to be here because it took away from the potential cool story we could have gotten more with Jada picking up a win against Gigi, who has been a staple mm -hmm. in the NXT women's division for the last two or three years at this point. And Jada's the new girl on the block. Yeah, I've been enjoying too. She's been like, like I said, when we saw that uh, six person tag match. Ooh, forget uh, the boys. Like, it was all about her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So good. So kind of it, it kind of bummed me out, but that match was definitely one of my favorite matches of the night because up until that point, and even with that, it had some. I mean, those two were going at it with each other. It was great, which then leads us into our NXT Heritage Cup Championship match: Noah Dar versus Charlie and the Chakra Factory himself, Charlie Dempsey. I'm going to be completely honest, Andrew. I love the idea of the Heritage Cup. I love the rules that are implemented. Every title defense post no mercy from Noam Dar, I have really not enjoyed it because I'm like, wow, well, we know this person's not going to win. Mm -hmm. And even though we got a new champion, I was like, okay, cool, I guess. There is nothing to, and it sucks because nothing lives up to what we got at no mercy between Noam Dar and Pete Dunn. Like that match mm. was baller. And nothing has ever come really close to it since then. And that's, 
I blame NXT. I was like, you gave me fire. And then everything else has been maybe a warm ember at best. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's hard to, I mean, Pete Dunn ha- has amazing matches. Oh my God. Um, I really like the Heritage Cup rule set, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I like how that goes. It reminds me a lot of the Pure Division. Um, I just like that it's unique. Uh, I thought the match was fun and fast. Um, I was surprised by the outcome because, like you said, it's not what we've been trained to expect. But I hope that there's going to be more now from that. Like, let's get some depth in there so we can see some more stuff, so we can get another, you know, match like dar versus pete dunn kind of level matches and i'm hoping so too because we me and you both know that charlie dempsey can wrestle the house down like this is william regal's child like we know Mm -hmm. the pedigree is there and i've always been saying this too i feel like he hasn't had an opportunity to do this so hopefully with him being Mm -hmm. the nxt heritage cup champion we're going to be able to do this I know he went to main roster, but if Tyler Bate wants to come down and fight Charlie Dempsey, like just give me all the British people, like give me all the British people to fight each other. Then let's have, have a cr- cross promotion where Trent seven can fight him too. If we wanted to <laughs> throw Sean Spears in there. Seriously. Oh my goodness. Nah. So many good matches. Honestly, even the Gallus boys versus Charlie Dempsey. I would be Joe coffee versus Charlie Dempsey. Book it. Shawn Michaels. So then we go to the most dangerous place in NXT, the parking lot. <laughs> because the, the camera crew is out there to catch Sean Spears as he's leaving the building. I'm going to be honest, this was the weirdest delivery. And I'm like, I'm like, I feel frightened and slightly turned on, question mark. <laughs> Sean Spears' delivery as the chairman has always been the weirdest thing to me. But I was like, I, I don't know how to explain how uncomfortable I feel, but I also can't turn away. <laughs> like, I was like, I don't know how to describe this feeling. I'm intrigued. But basically, Sean Spears spells it out. He tells us that Ridge has been lying to himself, and that's why uh-huh. I'm here. You're just going to have to, you know, we're going to come back next week to figure out, you know, what's going to happen. I was like, did you just break the fourth wall without breaking the fourth wall? Sean Spears yeah. like, what's going on here? I'm like looking around. I'm like, what's happening? But apparently, so at Roadblock, Sean Spears is going to be there in some capacity, which I'm here for. Then we get our bumpers. So as of right now, we only have three matches confirmed for Roadblock. We have the NXT Tag Team Championship match where the Wolf Dogs are defending their titles against Chase U, which is going to be Andre Chase and Duke Hudson, our lovable, dumb Golden Retriever boy, as me and Will have called him. Uh, We have... The Black Lotus Triad of Asuka and Kyrie Sane taking on Lyra Valkyria and Tatum Paxley for the WWE Women's Championship match. And the match that I have the most question marks on, but has me very intrigued, Dijak versus Joe Gacy round two in an asylum match. Those are what we got confirmed so far. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if we decided to do Oba Femi versus Brooks Jensen next week and watch a man get murdered on television. <laughs> Oh, that poor man is going to get thrown around. It's going to be nuts. Then we get to our main event, as I put it in air quotes, our contract signing. So first and foremost, we have Ilya and Carmelo in the ring with Ava moderating and mediating this whole thing. They trade jabs at each other. 
but then they are interrupted by the Don of NXT himself, Tony D'Angelo. I will say, as cheesy as it was, when he snapped his fingers and dismissed Carmelo's security team, I was like, okay, that's a boss move. I love that. <laughs> it's so stupid, but it's fun. <laughs> My biggest thing is I'm like, Dude, like the most stereotypical character ever. I'm like, come on, man. But yeah, no, it's good. It was, was good. like Tony Soprano as a wrestling yeah. character. They Every time he talks. <laughs> it's like, I'm waiting for him to say forget about it. I was yeah. just like, what in the My Cousin Vinny is this? Yeah. Anyways. So Tony somehow managed to have a conversation with Ava at some point in the evening. And kind of turn all this around. So Tony talks to Ilya. Is more respectful towards Ilya. Throws in like one or two jabs. But is still very respectful to Ilya. Turns to Carmelo and then goes for the jugular with Carmelo. It's like you suck. Like you've been doing this forever. And ultimately this little back and forth trade between all three. This sets up the following thing. So. What we thought was going to be Carmelo and Ilya at Roadblock for the NXT Championship, it is now going to be Carmelo Hayes versus Tony D'Angelo in a number one contenders match. The winner of that match will go on to face Ilya for the NXT Championship at Stand and Deliver. And I was actually really happy with that announcement because then I was like, you have four to five weeks to build a feud up now to whoever Mm -hmm. wins that. Tony D'Angelo, yeah. by the way, I'm just putting it out there. Because if Trick Williams does not cost Carmelo the match next week, I'm going to look at NXT sideways. <laughs> I was like, you missed the train on that one. Which then props a bunch of yelling. Carmelo and Tony kind of get in each other's faces. Carmelo pushes Tony. Tony accidentally hits Ilya, who sells the heck out of it. And then Carmelo throws Tony through a table. That is how NXT goes off the air for this week. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, I, I know it's the same thing we get every time, but I liked the little addition of Tony in there. I also liked that even though leading up to the conflict at the end, Hayes looked like he was being one-upped by the other two, and then we get to the end, and he's the one standing tall. So, you know, it's like, it, it's just exactly what he does. He's like, one way or another, he's going to find a way to be the one left standing at the end, which uh, was pretty cool. I liked that. Right. And so, you know, that brings us to the end of NXT. So, obviously, we talked a little bit off camera. We got through this episode. We both agreed that we probably know who's going to end up winning everything that we have so far set for Roadblock. Well, I see the Wolf Dogs retaining. Asuka and Kyrie retaining. Mm. I'm hoping Joe Gacy wins so then we can get a rubber match at some point because Dijak won at Vengeance Day. Mm-hmm. And I am 90% sure that Tony is winning next week to face Ilya at Stand and Deliver via a trick interference. If Trick does not show up and interfere at all next week, I'm going to be very surprised. <laughs> I, I could see it going like... I don't know. I, I think the if Trick shows up, then it makes sense at Sacrifice to have Trick and Mello face each other and Ilya and Tony face each other. Um, because then you have two big matches come out of that. Right. Um, then deliver would be- or, yeah. or 
some other shenanigans go on and we're going to see a triple threat. Ooh, um, I actually like that too. So, um, you know, I think there's, there's a few opportunities to come out of all that kind of stuff, but yeah, I, I think roadblock, even though that's what it's called, uh, I think is really just going to be more of the setup for, um, what we're going to get. So it's going to set up the stories we're going to see the next few weeks leading into, um, sacrifice or not sacrifice. <laughs> Oh, uh, deliver. deliver so many pay-per-views starting <laughs> with much. s's all, they're all they're relatively all, the same no surrender sacrifice stand and deliver and they're all happening within like weeks of each other if not days or yeah. hours <laughs> so okay so briefly i want to talk about that because the announcement's going to be going up pretty soon and i'm just going to say this here breaking news we are going to be doing something a little bit different come WrestleMania weekend. So as of right now, according to the schedule, we will, the week of WrestleMania, we will have a Monday Night Raw, we will have an NXT, and we will have an AEW Dynamite review. Then all bets are off because all the rest of the shows that normally get covered in the week, TNA, Rick Vonner, like the weekly show review, Rampage and Collision, all those are going dark that week because your hosts are going to be doing WrestleMania weekend. And this is what you can expect from that weekend. We will be covering Super Card of Honor for Ring of Honor. So the Ring of Honor boys are going to be watching and reviewing Super Card of Honor. The following morning on Saturday, Will, Andrew, myself, <laughs> and special guests, the professor, John, you know, Crosswaith will be joining us for a watch along of NXT Stand and Deliver. Then the the later in that same day, myself and Minnie will be watching night one of WrestleMania. Sunday morning slash afternoon, you will see the NXT crew come together to review Stand and Deliver. Then you will have JVL, Jesse, the Professor, and myself and Minnie. Watch night two of WrestleMania. Then the following Monday, the the SmackDown boys will be covering night one reviews of me, Professor, and Minnie. And then night two will be Minnie, JBL, and Jesse. So we are going to be busy. Lots of watch-alongs. We're going to be covering two different companies, but four different pay-per-views within the span of a couple of days. (laughs) Yeah. Crazy. Don't be busy. But stay tuned for more announcements because that's going to be good. But, uh, Andrew, we got to rate this thing. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to give this a six and a half out of ten. Like, it wasn't the worst thing I've watched. In fact, I will say what I watched before I got on here was a little bit worse in terms <laughs> of things. But then again, I have to probably watch the other two shows leading into the big pay-per-view this weekend to see if that pans out. But there is way too much talking and not enough wrestling in a wrestling show. And that's always my biggest peeve that I have with all this. It's It was like 20% wrestling, 80% talking within the span of two whole hours. The, I mean, I'm excited to see what we get for Roadblock next week. But yeah, th- this was this was this was a show. <laughs> yeah, I, I gave it a seven out of ten. Um it really, the promos and the segments need to like be supporting the in ring 
activities, which should both be storytelling and action. Uh, and then this was not that way. Um, yeah, we need more quality, not more quantity. Yeah. So that's going to bring us to the end of this week's NXT. So uh, <laughs> next week, all three co-hosts, I believe, if I remember text messages yeah. correctly, me, my, like myself, Andrew, and Will, all the three boys will be back together once again. We will be reunited, and we will be back here next week to review Roadblock, and uh, hopefully it's uh, pretty good. I want it to be good. So, But who knows? We'll see what happens after next week. But if you enjoyed this review, you can check out all the other stuff we have here at the Biconics Wrestling YouTube channel. We also have a Patreon if you want to subscribe to that. Drop us some donations if you want to see our watch-alongs because they get out of hand real quick. <laughs> like it was, It's insane. It's intense. It's such a good time. You can follow us all over the social medias at BC WrestlePod. You can take us on the go now with audio versions of all our reviews, which... You know, we want to cater to everyone. So if you can't watch our beautiful faces, you can listen to us wherever you're doing things at. And then, of course, last but certainly not least, we are brand ambassadors for Next Level. And stay tuned within the next couple of days because uh, we're going to be uh, doing a fun contest with the Next Level, especially for those of you WrestleMania peoples looking to see what you're going to do that weekend. Stay tuned for that. It's going to be a really fun one. Stay tuned to our social medias to find out what that announcement actually is. (laughs) But uh, me and Andrew are going to get up on out of here. But until next week, for myself, Andrew, Will, and the rest of the Biconics boys, remember, take care of yourself, love one another, and as always, stay Biconic, all you guys, gals, non-binary pals, he, she, theys, and gays of the internet. We will see you next week. But until then, that's up for now. Thank you so much for tuning in to another Vibe Tribe production. What's going to happen next time? Well, you're going to have to tune in to find out. But until then, remember, take care of yourself, love one another, and as always, make sure that you keep the good times rolling. Thank you for being here, and we'll see you next time.